That better not be a herpy. What's up, you dirty dirties? It's your boy. It's Sean Boyles. That's me. It's the Sean Boyles Podcast. And I am here in what feels like the end of the road of quarantine. I don't know. And that's a weird thing, right? Let's talk about language for a minute. Quarantine. Like... That's a, that's drastic, isn't it? Isn't that a little drastic to say we're like we're everybody's in quarantine? Like if it was a real fucking quarantine, like like there's so I'm not that this isn't real. I oh see what I'm doing? I'm already using language and going down a road that could potentially be hazardous and make people go, but well, it's real. Then, then other people go, yeah, see, it's not real. It's a big conspiracy. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not that smart. We have discussed this many times on the podcast, my lack of intelligence. And uh, anyway, I'm just saying, I just feel like some of the language that has been thrown around is sometimes a little much. Um, I mean, from the get to say, to call this the coronavirus, that wasn't, that wasn't smart. That was not smart because... Other things were coronavirus is a blanket term. It's not a uh, 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 it's not it's not a thing for that. That's why they came up with the COVID nineteen. That's what this thing is called. Coronavirus SARS was a coronavirus, and fuck, there was other ones. I don't fucking remember. <laughs> so stupid, so stupid. Um. Uh, an announcement, and if anybody cared and nobody did, um, I got back on the social media in a limited capacity. Okay, I really feel that being on uh, the Facebooks and the uh, Instagrams, I don't do the Twitter, um, but being on those was... Um, I don't know, it was just fucking with me. I was getting too hung up on what people were saying. Too hung up on people's um, half-cracked ideas about things they got from sources that are unchecked and just fucking wrong. And I was getting upset and, and I was wasting a lot of time. I felt myself constantly checking and looking at the phone all the time the wife had noticed it she had mentioned it a few times and hey you know maybe you should lay off of that and uh uh and i just it was just i needed a break from that shit it was creeping into my mind and not making me feel very good and uh here we are a few weeks later um i think it did about four weeks maybe of, of just staying off of uh Staying off of the interwebs in that kind of way. And, um, you know, just sitting there staring at my phone for a long, long time. Especially when there's nothing to do. I just wasn't useful. And so I decided to try to do other things. And I still ended up looking at my phone for fucking hours and hours. Looking stuff up and uh, watching YouTube videos. And uh, just, I don't know. Still staring at my phone a lot. Which um, should probably... Uh, be addressed as well. So a um, little update on that and what's going on with my social media use. Um, so I'm going to get I'm back on there, but I'm not going to be on there like I was. I was I was 
I was one of those guys. I was one of those people who was constantly checking in, constantly checking the Facebook, constantly checking Instagram. Um, and um, it's not a way to fucking do your life. There's so much better, more important, cooler things out there in the world. And um, why not do those things? Why not, you know, take in other stuff, use the phone for what it is. Um, a mini computer that can get you information and, and, and do things to, to support learning and, and learn some stuff and read some things and, and check some stuff out, you know, or you hear of a town and, hey, I wonder where that town's at. And you look it up on a fucking map on your phone. And I don't know. That's what I've been doing. I just, I, and, and then, you know, you know, checking out videos, you know, you need to be entertained. Of course, everybody needs entertainment and you need to check stuff out and there's stuff that interests you and stuff you watch and, and um my uh my my youtube watching it's all um there's <laughs> a lot of uh 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 music stuff uh, concerts and 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 um gear run rundowns um a wrestling the old pro wrestling i like watching old pro wrestling clips or a behind the uh inside the ring kind of stuff or you know these old wrestlers telling stories about guys and what they did backstage and who was crazy and who wasn't stuff like that uh um uh, comedy clips um what else is on there um uh and uh uh people uh i <laughs> so you know how you go if, if you check out things regularly on youtube it'll start to you know catalog those kinds of things and try to push videos that are similar to what you've already watched or they're in the ballpark uh i'm really interested in people's experience um of being to japan or living in japan uh, either from japanese people or other people there's a series i was watching called uh uh black in japan and it was about black folks going over to japan i just thought it was very interesting of course I get about three to four minutes into any of these videos and I fucking leave. I don't know if it's my attention span depleting at a rapid rate or this shit is just not that interesting even though I want it to be where I fucking bail. I've Over and over, I've been watching videos. I've been trying to watch. Uh, my friends have been doing, my comedy friends have been doing a lot of little, to, to fill the void of not being able to be on stage doing comedy. They're doing a lot of little skits, a lot of little things, and putting things together, getting together with some of their friends, just trying to do little funny. I get fucking a couple minutes in, and I'm done. I can't handle it. Either it's just not that good, or I just my attention span has grinded down to a halt. But yet I could sit there and scroll and scroll and scroll through everybody's dumb fuck posts. I don't know. I don't know what's uh, what's wrong. What's wrong with me? Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Everything was good and now it's not. My brain is not right. I don't know. Just, um, I don't know. Maybe being cooped up. I But I don't, again, I don't feel like I've been cooped up due to the corona. I don't feel like I've been, um, you know, I just don't feel like I've been cooped up. I've been doing stuff. I've been doing jobs. You know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Mm. Sorry, I needed to take a sip of my iced tea. Um, but there's that. Okay, um, speaking of um, 
stuff in the in the news and I don't know news social media type stuff or uh, uh, I uh, I semi regularly listen to the Bill Burr podcast and uh, uh, some weeks ago uh, Bill Burr complained about a painter that he had in his house and uh, he really went hard on painters and uh, it was very humorous. Uh, he's halfway serious, but yet halfway joking because he is a comedian. He did say some, he said some terrible things about painters. It really hurt me. No, I can give a fuck. It's, 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 it's fine. Uh, a lot of what he said was actually really true. But, uh, um, I found it interesting listening to that and hearing a comedian complain about a painter when here I am, uh, a, uh, I, 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 hate, I hate calling myself a comedian because I don't feel like I've put in the time enough. But uh, a comedic type, a uh, a person with a sense of humor that likes to get on the stage and, and, and share that humor with a room full of people, strangers more often than not. Um, but it's so much easier just to say comic. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and, and I paint houses. So I'm two of the things that we're talking about here and um so hearing him bitch about this and kind of knowing that and i uh and he made a loose correlation between a uh a young comic and a house painter thinking that the house painter is uh uh it's a stepping stone to be a better painter and paint other stuff that's maybe cooler either murals or uh something else which I don't really think it works that way. I mean, you get into the trades and I will say that as far as a trade goes, painting is a cosmetic. It's not a necessity for the overall. It's the finished work, right? It's 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 a finished thing. It's not um there are some skill involved, but it's not a skill it, it's not a uh um it's not like go to trade school and learn a skill kind of skill, okay? I will I mean there there's definitely a lot of stuff to know and a lot and there's definitely right ways to do it and there's a shit ton of wrong ways to do it that pass. Um but to um I don't know how many guys when they didn't have any work, they went and went, went to go work for a paint outfit and not know shit about painting and kind of get thrown into there and end up being a painter pretty quick okay it's 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 monkey work okay but but to do it well you do have to know what you're doing and you you know you can kind of get by and you know get away with some shit but you know going to work for somebody easily to uh as a painter i couldn't just show up someplace and say hey i need work um can i can i work on this guy's brain can i do this surgery on this guy's fucking skull can I op- can I help open this man's skull and poke around on the, the the wrinkly pink thing that's inside there? Can I help with that? N- no, you're not gonna get a guy off the street. But some cat that just got done doing a bid, you know, maybe he did three or four years or longer, and you know, he shows up and say, "Hey, I need a job." Hey, okay, come on, you know, uh, you know how to. Put tape on a window. Fucking <laughs> go over here and do that. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's kind of. So I'm saying there's some. What Bill Burr was saying is a little a little right. Painters aren't the 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 most important. 
But as a trade, as a trade, not not super important, I would say, but not worthless by any stretch, and definitely um, work that's not. If it was really hard, I probably wouldn't do it. So I don't. I never. Uh, although I don't share this information with my friend who uh, is in a uh, a trade which you got to learn a lot of school. You got to go to a lot of. There's a lot of school types things to learn this trade. He's a he's a, 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 a he's an insulator, I believe, is what is his the name of his trade. He's in some sort of. And they run. They run with the pipe fitters. So he puts ins, insulation around uh, pipes and ducts that usually conduct chemicals, either. Um, Toxic or gas or whatever, just stuff, you know, uh, or, you know non-water pipes, you know, gas pipes, uh, a lot of stuff for hospitals when they have all the gas, you know. So he puts this sort of specialized insulation around. Anyway, it's a very high-end trade, and there's usually not too many people. But we get in arguments all the time uh, about real job versus not real job. He obviously thinks that I don't have a real job uh, because I'm a painter, and he says nobody respects the painters. I've talked to other people in the trades about his trade and nobody really likes those guys because they think they are better than all the other trades. And then uh, then it goes down the line. Electricians are next on that list. And then uh, so the hierarchy in stuck upness in the trades, from what I can tell, I could be wrong and excuse me if I'm insulting anybody. This is just my perspective and then in, in my assessment from talking with people in the trades over the last 20 years, the insulator, the specialized insulator guys are the biggest dicks on the job site. The next guys down from them are the electricians. The next guy down from that is um, probably the general contractor, the guy that just kind of knows a little bit about everything but doesn't specialize in any one thing. Um and then you got your, you know, your just your regular kind of carpenter type guys. Uh, uh, and then the painters and the sheet rockers are the ones that get shit on uh, the most, I think. Um, although, depending on who you ask, uh, they like uh, a lot of guys like the painters, especially the the uh, uh, the sheetrock guys definitely like the painters because the painters usually fix all the stuff. The sheetrock guys fuck up and then um and uh, oh, there's the drywall guys. Well, the sheetrockers, those are the drywall guys, right? Those same guys, the mud guys, the mud guys, and the painters kind of are, are are at that because we both wear white pants. I think that's that's so they lump us all together. Anyway, that seems to be the hierarchy of the the trades. Um, plumbers are in there somewhere in the middle. Uh, anybody that makes a ridiculous amount an hour that seems a little unwarranted electricians plumbers and these insulator guys um they kind of get it looked you know if you gotta if you if you're charging like just a couple hundred dollars an hour just to show up and look at a thing you know you could probably go fuck off i don't know anyway um how <laughs> we went on a tangent went on on a tangent okay um I was watching. Uh, I've been, so, I've been uh, I've been home the last couple of days, uh, and 
I've had opportunity to binge watch a couple of things that I've been putting off. And I finished uh, the latest season of Ozark. Uh, a lot of holy shit moments in Ozark. If you haven't seen Ozark, check that out. Very, very good series on the Netflix. Um, and then I, uh, I'm i in the middle. I haven't finished, but I'm in the middle of catching up in the last couple seasons of Vikings. I really like that show Vikings. Storylines are kind of eh, whatever. The acting's kind of eh, whatever. The fight scenes are fucking great. Um, I don't know. I just like the show. It's not the best show ever, but it is cool. There is some eh, loose historical accuracy. There's a lot of... uh, They've taken a lot of liberties on a lot of stuff to make a better story or whatever. But it, as I'm watching it, I go, oh, I wonder if... Was that a real guy? And I look up fucking Bjorn Ironside was a fucking real guy. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, and you read about what he did and, you know, and uh, how did they end up in Iceland? You know, did that guy really go to Iceland? You look at, oh, well, you know, there was people already there from a long time ago. But, you know, so it's just cool, just things in history, you know. But this is a time when, you know... Not a lot of history written down, you know. There's not a lot of uh, so stuff gets skewed and stuff gets fucking turned into something else, and 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 stories get stretched. And um, it's a time when people are still hanging on to some old, uh, uh, old old world ways and 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 uh, multiple gods and and sacrifices and just you know. You know, it's, the, it's medieval times, right? It's the, it's the, it's the, it's that era. It's just, the, you know, I don't know. It's just interesting. So I, I you know, I kind of like watching stuff like that. If it's done well, I was watching one thing. Fuck. Well, um, oh, what did I try to watch? And I had to bail out really quick. Um, oh shit. Uh, there was a, it's a series on nah, I can't remember. Uh one of the guys in Zed was telling me about it. He thought it was really, really cool. I think it's on Showtime or whatever. I watched like one episode of he was all stoked on it because I apparently Fuck, I can't remember what it was. Um I almost want to pause and look it up and then come back. I'm not gonna do that though. Because uh I I like doing this thing live. I like doing it all in one shot. You might hear some breaks, because maybe I need to take a piss break and so I'll stop and do that, but I like the the live aspect to it. So, and, and another thing, let me um speaking of the live aspect of things, I want to halfway apologize. I want to apologize. I want to apologize for the episode last week where I played a lot of music. Uh I am trying to figure out a way to do it so the music sounds better, so it sounds a little cleaner, so it sounds, you know, so so the music sounds like the way you would hear it if you were just, you know, you hit play on your Apple Music thing and it played the music. Okay, I want I want to get to that point. I think I got it figured out. There's some equipment to buy, and I think I found something uh, that's very inexpensive that I can do. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to do the whole put it into a computer program thing. Uh, that's what, a lot of podcasts that you hear. They're recorded into GarageBand or some sort of uh, um, uh, recording software, and they can edit and do some stuff like that. And that's all well and good. I'm not shitting on all that. I like to do this thing live for the most part, record 
long pieces in one shot or the whole thing. There's been plenty of times where I've recorded this whole fucking thing in one shot and just have things planned and ready to go. That's why sometimes you listen and I'll say, oh, fuck, I didn't plan this very good. It's because I'm a half a tard and I didn't get ready to get ready. Okay, um, so I want to get to a point where I can be a little bit more ready. And if I play music, it just sounds a little better. My voice sounds okay because of the Anchor app. The Anchor app does a little does a little studio magic, uh, a real basic compression, I think, and levels out the sound. I've talked about this before. Um, so uh, I do want to get some equipment to do this. But I want to be able to plug directly into the phone to record it because that's how I record this. I record this with my phone and that goes into a thing. It goes to the Anchor app. It does its magic and then it's ready to publish. And then I put in the description and the thing and da 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 da. Okay, that you don't the details you don't necessarily need to know. But I do like the fact that I could just record straight to the app and it goes up. I don't want to put it into a program first and then upload it to the app and then do that because that's just more bullshit that I got to worry about. So I want to be able to just put everything into a mixer and have it sound a little cleaner going into the phone. So there's a little adapter I need to buy and then there's a small little mixer that I got my eye on and I think we can pull this off. And then when I play music, it'll be clean. My voice sounds fine enough. I want the music to sound cleaner. Thus, a little investment in, and then if I have a mixer, I got hook. I got I got decent enough microphones. I think that'll work, and uh, and I can maybe interview somebody and have another mic, and uh, we can do a thing. We can do a thing together, me and you, and the fourteen people that listen. Uh, tell your friends about the podcast, please. The Sean Boyles podcast. It's on all the platforms. You guys can check it out. Tell your friends. Word of mouth is the best thing. And um, give me feedback at Sean underscore Boyles at Yahoo.com. And uh, rate, uh, uh, subscribe, and uh, leave a review. How about that? You can do that on a lot of the platforms. And, um, And if you're feeling froggy. You can donate. You can donate to the to the podcast and uh, to the Sean Boyle's podcast through the Anchor app. So, you know, help me out a little bit. You know, if if you enjoy it, if you know, and it's, it's just a little whatever. You know, once in a while, you know, you could subscribe for free with the with on Apple if you if you have Apple uh, Apple Music, it it automatically your podcast are. Uh, are in there too, or is it Apple Podcast separate from Apple Music? Isn't it? I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. And I'll learn. I'll learn what I'm trying to fucking advertise for. How about that? And I'm not advertising for for the man. Advertising for me. God damn it! Help, 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 help a brother out. Anyway, um, I was watching, and I mentioned Vikings because uh, I was watching the Vikings, and um, I noticed something that bothers me every time I see it. And I'm going to tell you as soon as I take a sip from my iced tea. Um, I, uh, it always bothers me when I watch a period piece. It's supposed to be something that happened many, 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 many moons ago in an ancient land. And they show this ancient land and they show a building in this old building and the building looks old. Why, if it's supposed to be back then, would the building look old? Wouldn't the building look new? 
because it's not as old as it is to us right now. They always show things and it looks fucking a couple of thousand years old already in the thing that you're watching. You know, why wouldn't it, you know, like you watch the thing and it's, I was, the first time it caught my eye, I was watching, uh, HBO had that series, um, John Adams, and they showed a house and the paint was checked and peeling really, really bad. And I'm thinking, well, at that time, that house was probably only 10 years old. The paint should not be checked and peeling that bad at that time, right? I always, that always, it always bothers me when I see something and it's a period piece and they show something that's, you know, that's correct in the period as far as the style and the architecture. However, it's aged to like it was, like we would be looking at it right now. Cause that would be inaccurate, right? Wouldn't it look, it would look new because it's fucking then, it's that time. A colonial house built in colonial times is gonna look brand fucking new, isn't it? Isn't it gonna look like a new structure? Whatever that would look like from that, I mean, of course, nobody was there. Nobody's going to know what a new one of those looks like. But if you recreate it, isn't it going to look brand new? And then they take all this time to make it look rustic, to make it look old. But it wouldn't be old then. Ah. And, you know, I know. Shit like that bothers me in, in films when they get shit, um, get shit wrong. Uh, my favorite was the one that really pissed me off. Uh, I think I might have even said this on the podcast before. Uh, the first season of Stranger Things on Netflix. First season of Stranger Things. It says August 1983, I be- if I remember correctly, in the very beginning. It says August 1983. And then it shows some kids running around. And I believe Panama from Van Halen is being played on the radio. And that would be wrong. Because that fucking record, the shit didn't come out until... February of 1984, I think. I think. <laughs> but they're saying August 83 and early 84. The album didn't come out yet, and they weren't playing Panama as a single yet. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm getting at, okay? They wouldn't have heard Panama yet. They, unless, they, unless one of those kids had an in on getting some bootleg shit and getting shit before it dropped, which is possible. But they got that shit wrong, and it bothered me. It bothers me when I hear that kind of stuff. Um, and it's stupid. It, should, <laughs> it shouldn't bother me. I get hung up on things sometimes in a movie, and it'll throw me out of the movie. It really will. Um, or if I just find just some weird inaccuracy that wouldn't be right for the thing. I'm like, well, that wouldn't happen. Perfect example. Uh, my, um, my landlord, his son... Uh, when I first moved in, he had a bunch of friends over. They were upstairs and they were playing a video game. A bunch of friends over and they were playing a video game. There was this video game where there were all these different characters from other video games and they were all battling each other and they were on this platform and the platform was hurling through space. So all these characters are on this platform and they're fighting each other as they're hurling through space. And I'm like, that's bullshit. If you're hurling through space like that and you hit each other, you wouldn't you fly off the thing because there's no gravity and you'd, you'd just get launched off the thing? Like, how is that working? And then my landlord's son stopped and says, dude, I'm a hedgehog in this thing. <laughs> so it's just, oh, 
<laughs> I was hung up on the wrong detail. You know what I mean? I was hung up on the wrong detail. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be so silly in my silliness. Um, and it's, uh, but things get, will throw me off in a, in a movie or a, 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 a show. If it's, if it ain't right, do your research, get it right. Um, what else we got? Uh, <laughs> this is going to sound, this is going to sound insensitive. I'm going to say that right from the beginning. This next thing I'm going to talk about is um, going to sound a little insensitive, but I can't help. I see it. I've seen it a lot. In fact, when I first moved here, there was a guy that was doing this. And I, every time I saw it, I couldn't help but laugh just because now I I commend them for trying to do this and it's what they need to do. But when somebody has, when somebody is exercising or running or walking for the exercise, for the rehab after they've had a stroke. I'm sorry, but it just, you're doing an amazing thing. You're trying to get stronger and you're doing some, you're out there and you're fucking doing it. But to see that stiff leg run, it's just fucking funny, man. I'm so, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It's terrible. I feel awful. Not really, but it's so, it just looks so funny. Have you seen this? Do you know what I'm talking about? To see somebody run that's trying to better themselves after they've had a stroke. And it's just, you know, uh, or just people that have, um, maybe they're trying the exercise for the first time and they're out there running. And you know for fuck, they ain't never ran before ever they are doing something for the first time they haven't ran since fucking sixth grade recess in elementary school they haven't ran and they're out there and they're trying to run and i'm now i'm not saying i have any kind of form when it comes to running i probably look like some sort of floundering fish that doesn't know how that doesn't have any coordination at all when i run and there's probably, because I'm overweight, so there's probably things fucking flapping around and jiggling and juggling that just look ridiculous. But I can't help but laugh when I see this stiff leg stroke victim running, trying to get better. All power to him. Do that shit. Keep fucking running because you're giving me some shit to laugh at, and I think it's hilarious. But, but get better. I hope it works out, and you're doing the right thing. But it's, ah, oh, I... Like I said, I feel kind of, sort of bad, but not really. <laughs> it's just, it's funny. It's funny. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, I'm going to fucking hell. If there's any such thing, going to fucking hell. I'll go meet the guy with the fucking, with the red, the guy that wears the red. Uh, I thought of a very, uh, and I don't even know how we came up with this. I was talking with the wife, and um, the wife was holding her uh, water pipe. Her water pipe, she had it in her hand. We were having a discussion. And um, the uh, this is a bong, ladies and gentlemen. This is a, a thing that you smoke the marijuana in, okay? She's got a decent size, I don't know, I don't know, one footer, a one footer. 
I don't know. Is that a big? That's your average looking, just run of the mill fucking bong. And nothing crazy. Doesn't got extra fucking shoots on it. Doesn't got extra chambers. Uh, I don't think you, you can't put ice in it. I don't think it's it's just a regular old bong. All right, no big deal. But we were talking, and she was holding it in her hand when she was talking. The water's all sloshing around there, and uh, it, it made me think of a scenario. I don't know if this has ever happened because I don't think it could happen. Because if someone is holding their bong, that means they have hit the bong. That means they have they're smoking. That means they're on their way to either they're fucking baked already or they're on their way and they're feeling okay. So I don't think this could happen. I don't think my the thing that popped in my mind. You always hear about how gross and stinky the bong water is, right? And how gross it is. And if you spill it in the carpet, it doesn't. It's hard to get out, and it's a problem, right? But has there ever been a time or a scenario where somebody got pissed at somebody and they threw the bong water at them? You know, when people throw a fucking cup at somebody. They get like you see that in a movie, and they get in an argument and they throw their drink on anybody. Has anybody ever thrown the bong water on somebody? I can't imagine that that would ever happen. It does. It just seems like a scenario that is impossible to actually happen. Like they're they're fucking getting baked, yo. They're like on their way to feeling fine, feeling nice. Is something gonna bother them and pull them out of that high, and then they're gonna use that water that's in the bong and throw it at somebody? I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's one of the mysteries of the world, I think. Something that you can uh, think about. Something to marinate in your mind. Could that ever happen? Is that, a, is that a, a, a reasonable thing to happen to somebody? Who knows? Who knows? I just thought it was a, a weird, funny thing that, um, that happened. Or that could possibly happen. Um, I don't know. I don't know. My mouth's really dry right now. I don't know why. I'm dying. Um, you want to hear a story? Let's tell you a story. A little story. A little story about... Um, uh, a little story about the first time I played the musics. Uh, where I felt like I was doing a... a First time I played a show where I felt like it was significant, where I felt like, oh shit, I really, I we played a show, we actually played a real show, and there was real people there, and got a real reaction, and we played with real bands. Not that every band out there is not a real band, of course they're real bands, but when you've played with bands that you've listened to before, or, or like, that. so, um, my very first band that I was in, and I talked about this before, if you go back to. Uh, I think the first podcast or maybe the second podcast and uh, my very first band was a thrash metal band called Hate. And uh, by the second year we were doing the band, uh, we got a very, very nice gig. I think I might have talked about this, but uh, uh, I didn't talk about how it made me feel. Um, uh, so we'll get to that. Let me describe you the show. So uh, my very first band called Hate uh, we got to open up for Suicidal Tendencies and Pantera. Now, this was Pantera's first tour. 
They had never left Texas before this. This was their second show that they'd ever played in California, the first one of the tour. The only other time they had played in California, they played at Los Angeles at a uh, what there's thing that used to be called the Foundations Forum. I believe that's what it was called. Basically, it's a record industry sort of you show up and play and everybody kind of looks at you and takes notes and whether or not they're going to sign you or not. And it's not necessarily open to the public, but uh, they kind of try to make it feel like a real show. And this was back in the fucking late 80s, right? I don't know how long they were doing Foundations for. I don't know if they still do it. Uh, but um, the only other show that Pantera had done in California up to this point was the show that they did for the record label they got signed to. And I forget who the fuck signed them back in the day. Um, so this is the first night of the tour. And they're playing in San Francisco at the Stone. And my little thrash metal band made up of people in their late teens, very early 20s, is opening up. And this was the first time where um, I felt significant. It's the first time... I was already hooked. I was already hooked that I wanted to play music, but this set that hook. You know what I mean? This really locked it in that, oh, shit, I want to do that. Okay. And the uh, Stone, I believe, held, I don't know, a little under, under uh, I think the capacity at the Stone at the time was like somewhere in the 600 range. Somewhere like that. Um, they greatly oversold. Uh, it was super sold out. Like Back in those days, you had to do what was called... Uh, uh, well, we called it a pay-to-play thing. So if you did shows for the Omni or the Stone, and then later One Step Beyond, it was all owned by the same, um, same outfit. Um, if you were one of the local bands on the, on the, on the bill, you had to sell tickets... For the show okay you had to uh they gave you uh they gave you so many tickets and uh you were asked to um sell a percentage of that in order to give them a certain dollar amount so you agreed to this dollar amount and then you know you can give all those tickets away and just hand over a wad of cash or you could actually try to sell them and give them the cash for the tickets sold whatever they wanted you to give them so Basically, you're paying to get on this bill. We were the only local band, so they weren't going to ask the other two bands, Suicidal Tendencies or Pantera, to sell tickets for the local show. That's up to the local band. So we're having to do this. We sold all our shit like a week before the show. All right, the, I, I believe the show was on a Thursday. I believe it was during the week, uh, but later in the week. It might even have been a Friday night. Um but we had sold all our tickets by the Saturday or Sunday before. So we had no more tickets to sell. And we were feeling very, very good because it's definitely the first time we had done anything like that where, um, you know, we sold out of all the tickets that we were given in hand. And uh, we were hearing about people going to bass ticket outlets and buying tickets for this. Wasn't a lot of times where you bought tickets for the club shows through bass. That was how uh, that was the ticket master of the time. Um, that was your uh, ticket buying conglomerate, uh, and you could go to, down to the record store and buy tickets from, the, from your Bass Outlet. Um, not to be confused with um, uh, 
what is the fucking what's the redneck store redneck store it's terrible what's the outdoors store uh um is that called that what's that place called isn't it called the uh, out bass outdoors or is it called bad anyway god fucking thrown off god damn it um we had sold all our tickets and we're gonna do this show and um we sound check actually we got there in the middle of pantera sound check they pull all their stuff on the stage. Now we get to put all our stuff on the stage. Uh, Vinnie Paul had left his drum. Uh, he had a platform that he put his drums on. He left that on the stage. And this, this platform had a bunch of like little clips and little pieces of angle iron that came up, I remember. And there was no way I was going to be able to put my drums on top of that because, you know, it just wasn't set up. It was set up for his drums. His drums were weird sizes. He had these extra long kick drums. And uh, I was like, hey, guy, I was, dude, I was fucking 16, I think, when this happened, right? I'm like, hey, guys, uh, I can't even put my drums on this thing. It's not going to fit. And, you know, I went to do it. I didn't even go to any of his crew or or anything. I was like, hey, man, you know, um, is there any way we can move this thing or, or does this have to stay? And he stopped and he's like, no, no, it doesn't have to get that out of there. Hey, hey. And he started barking commands at his guys and they took the thing and they moved it out of the way. It was fucking awesome. And I was able to put my dumb drums on the thing. Of course, Suicidal's drums are on the drum riser in the back of the stage, right? So uh, we're playing in front of the drum riser, which we expect. We're opening band. Uh, anyway, I do. We, we set up and we play and uh, we do. Again, this is the first time I felt like holy shit, we're fucking doing it because there's a part in one of our songs. We, I mean, I saw hands up. When we finished the song, there was a good crowd response. The place was fucking packed, okay? They super oversold this fucking place, right? If if the stone held 700, 800 people, there was 1,000 fucking people in there easily. It was fucking packed. Super way over the fire code. They could have gotten in trouble. I'm sure they almost did. But it was fucking packed. I've never seen that place that packed uh, ever. So uh, we're playing. And then we had this one song. And it had a had a riff that was just one of those fucking riffs. Even we felt it. It was just one of those riffs that we knew when we dropped into this riff. The fucking pit was gonna open up. And sure as fuck, we hit that thing and we went into it and it, oh, it was just, so it was the first time I was playing and I looked out of the crowd and I saw that fucking circle. There is, there's just no, I don't, I don't know if I can really describe the feeling that a musician gets, this is why musicians play. Okay, because a lot of them play because they just they want, you know, they they just they got this need to play. But there's another kind of layer to it. I I mean, as I've gotten older, I'm definitely super super selfish and I play the music that I want to play for whatever reasons that I want to do it cuz I like to do I like to make this sort of noise and I like to but there is an aspect of it also where you have moved people to how however you've moved them you have moved them in a way where they are reacting with their bodies either they're dancing if you play that kind of music 
or they're just bobbing their heads, or you're playing such brutal shit that people have decided that they are going to run around in a circle and kick the shit out of each other. And there is a beautiful feeling that comes over you when you have expressed such dire, violent music that it has went through people's bodies and came out of them in a way where they thought they needed to hurt each other. (laughs) And it's amazing. It's an amazing feeling. And this is the first time I'm feeling that. The first time I played something in a band where we got this visceral reaction from a crowd. And it was amazing. It was beautiful. And it... I, I understand that uh, chasing the dragon type of thing or, or chasing that first high type of thing because um, it's hard to do it again and get that same feeling as time goes on. But uh, I walked – so we got a – we had a half hour to play. They gave us a half hour set and we did it. And then I remember staying back – getting the gear off stage and staying backstage while Pantera was on. And we had just saw Pantera uh, the first time a video for um, I saw a video for Cemetery Gates on Headbangers Ball like the week before the show, and um, and I was like, "Fuck, these guys are gonna be really good. That song's fucking awesome, you know." And uh, they they fucking tore the place down. It was fucking great. And uh, we talked to Dimebag Daryl at the time. His name was. Diamond Daryl, we talked to Diamond Daryl and uh, Vinny St. Paul, <laughs> that's their name still on the Cowboys from Hell record, because it's the Cowboys from Hell album, so this is the first time they're on tour, uh, first time on a nation tour, first show they had ever done, second show in California, second show ever out of Texas, they had never played outside of Texas until until this tour started. Sorry, I needed another sip of tea. Um, and uh, we talked, those guys were fucking awesome. They were super cool, wide-eyed, excited to be out of Texas, excited to be on tour. Um, hadn't met the suicidal guys yet, which I thought was very interesting. They were going to be on tour together, and they hadn't met them yet. Um, they had their own bus, though. Suicidal had a bus, and they had a bus. But they hadn't met the suicidal guys yet. Uh, and... Um, we were talking with him backstage. Uh, Dimebag was, hey, man, I really like that riff you guys had. And he sang one of the riffs back to us, the riff that made that fucking crowd go batshit crazy in the pit. So that was really, really cool. Um, and they were just really cool, man. And, you know, Vinnie Paul was a lot fatter then. Like, I remember watching him play and being really interested in his double bass. He was wearing Keds. You know, those, those you know, so they make these shoes, they make these drummer shoes or these small little, little really light kind of uh, uh, semi-soft sole shoes um, for for playing drums. And a lot of drummers like to wear them. Some guys like to wear fucking just their socks. Some guys like to wear bare feet. Uh, He was wearing, you know the the shoes Keds? Remember Keds? Uh, All the hot chicks usually wore them back in school. They were those plain white. A lot of girls would take the shoelaces out. They were kind of like... they were kind of like the 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 laced uh, low, uh, not like the slip on Vans, 
but the ones with the, the the vans with the with the I got a fucking pair around here somewhere, uh, the lace up vans that were low, super low top, right? Them little, you know, they were like the slip ons, but they had laces. They had these Keds were the ones that the chicks wore, and they were kind of cheap. I remember they had a little blue label on the back. My man was wearing some Keds, and he had them tied on, and I he had the laces in there, and he had that shits on so fucking tight that. I could see the fat on his feet bulging out from the laces. And I was watching. I just thought that was interesting. Anyway, he was super cool. I was asking about his drums because his drums looked really kind of custom. Uh, they were made by Remo, which at that time, I didn't even know fucking Remo was making drums. We just knew them from making drum heads. So all this cool stuff, they were super cool. And then some guy said, hey, you guys got to get out of here. We're like, wait, what? Suicidal's coming on. You got to get out. So... They were like, oh, yeah, we were told that that was probably going to happen, that we couldn't be backstage while Suicidal was on. I'm like, oh, whatever, okay. So um, we make our way, and we're trying to get back on the floor. The, and this is how I knew this place was fucking packed. We got from the backstage little hallway, and we walked to the door to get onto the floor. We couldn't move. It was so packed. There was bodies up to that doorway, and uh we could like it so it was really really hard to walk through that crowd but uh i walked away that night feeling like i think that's it and um like that that's never gonna happen again i i feel super lucky that that happened and i was getting recognized while i was walking through the crowd which was fucking great because i was a skinny little fucking kid with a half row and uh, uh to, to have people recognize me and uh, pat me on the back. You guys were fucking great, dude. You guys were cool. Dude, you're a great drummer. You know, I'm fucking a kid. You know, 16 years old. And to get those kind of accolades in this place where there's a thousand people packed in there after playing for a half hour and then for the, you know, couple hours or whatever it was after the show and to have that, I felt like I had, I literally had this thought. The thought of uh, uh, 15 minutes of fame ran through my mind. And I said, well, I played for a half hour and then I got a good, you know, maybe a couple hours after that of people recognizing me and, 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 and congratulating me. I think my 15 minutes is now up. I've, I've had more than that, but on a super, super, super small scale. So in my mind of, of, uh, of, of just, you know, knowing what that 15 minutes is supposed to be and then what, <laughs> what I actually got on a small scale. I just chalked it up to, okay, I think we're done here. I don't think it's ever going to get any better than that. Um, fortunately, has gotten, uh, you know, there has been little little glimpse, little glimpse here and there over some time where that has happened uh, a, a few times since. Super thankful, super grateful, but that was the first time. Um, August... I'm going to say August something, August of 1990, I believe, maybe, yeah, yeah, August of 1990, because that was before I started my junior year, anyway, that's my story, that's the last, that's, uh, that's, and you know what, I don't have an earworm of the week this week, I've, uh, there's nothing that, that, you know, a lot of times I wake up in the morning and I got a song stuck in my head. Like there's just a, literally a song stuck in my head and uh haven't had that in the last couple of days. I don't know why, but um, 
I'm sure I could find something to play. I mean, if you really want to hear some sort of musical gem, um, we can throw we can throw something together real quick. Um, well, let's see. Let's look through some stuff. Let's look through uh, some lists of uh, beautiful, beautiful music and uh, get a good vibe going and feel feel nice and um, you know. Stuff that's just cool. How about how about something that's just cool? Hey, can you play something cool? Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm 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 looking through things right now. Nothing's really jumping out at me. Um, you know what? Let's do this. Let's play. Uh, and I'm sure they won't fucking mind. Um, I'm gonna play something from a friend of mine. How about that? This is, um, I grew up in a little town called Hayward, California, ladies and gentlemen. Next to Hayward, California is a little town called San Lorenzo. And um, our little area between Hayward, San Lorenzo, San Leandro, maybe you can throw Castro Valley in there, the town I grew up in. Um, there's some been a few bands from this these these parts. And there's been some bands that have lasted a really long time. Some of them are very, very good and some of them are not um, this particular band, good, good friends of mine, and uh, they are excellent. I don't know why nothing ever happened with these guys, or nothing, nobody ever took them out on tour, or uh, never anybody ever gave them um, the time of day in the uh, in the big shot leagues. But um, these guys have been great for years. They're still playing now. I think they are going on like I don't know, twenty five years. Maybe even longer, but they're still out there. They're still doing it. Um, this is from a record of theirs called Reckless Behavior. These are my good, good friends, Cheapskate. This is a song, my favorite song of theirs called High on Crime. Uh, I will see you guys next week. Keep it dirty, and I will talk to you guys later. <laughs>